calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. I was going to say, she's going to try to sleep with you and your wife. If I I know, I am also unhinged. And if I know anything, (laughs) she's going to try to sleep with you and your wife. It's going to be bad. You like when the cops recruit a former, uh, a reformed criminal to help catch the current criminals? (laughs) They're like, they're like, take a deep drag of their cigarette. Here's what I would do. Yeah. This is how you'll catch your perp. Oh my God. I'm much less messy now, I swear. I'm ducking out, you're ducking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that may or may not have willed Miley Cyrus's and Caitlin Carter's sexy post-divorce Italian vacation into existence. I'm Carolyn Bergier. <laughs> and I'm Sarah York. And today we're diking out with comedian, musician, rock goddess Tessa Scarra about ex-husbands. Yeah. <laughs> Love this topic. <laughs> Live for this. <laughs> Thank you for being vulnerable. Uh, Very much so. Tessa has performed all over the country uh, and at the coolest venues in New York City recently headlining Caroline's on Broadway with her rock cabaret, Rock Goddess. Uh, you can also see Tessa on Crashing, The Detour, and upcoming episodes of High Maintenance on HBO and Little America on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And best of all, she's Canadian. Yeah, Yay. baby. <laughs> we love Canadian guests. I think you're like number nine. Really? Maybe? Yeah. Lots oh. of... Queer Canadians. There are. I mean, there's not a lot to do up there. Yeah. <laughs> All we do is explore our sexuality. Yeah, the, oh, God, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. 
Uh, quick announcement. Uh, our next Stonewall show is August 26th. Uh, the lineup for that is Wanchiko Eke, Chui May, Melody Kamali, and then uh, future guests of the podcast, Kate Willett and Samantha Ruddy. So there should still be tickets available. Go to dykingout.com slash events. Um, I've also mentioned that I'm going to be doing some stand-up on the West Coast. I have a couple of L.A. dates, um, a bunch of shows I'm doing in Portland, Still waiting for uh, Chicago dates, but check my website, uh, cbcomedy.com. And that's it for announcements. Uh, I saw a musical that I want to talk about. Okay. Yes. Okay. So The Prom uh, just closed on Sunday. It's run, but it's, I didn't, I knew there was like a lesbian element, but I didn't realize Mm. it's like a very, like the lesbian is like one of the central characters of the show and I've never related more to a show mm-hmm. and I had to try very hard not to cry because I don't like to cry in theaters. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I like to save it for when I get home. Obviously. And, yeah. Very healthy. Yeah. <laughs> keep it in. Yeah, yeah. Keep it in. <laughs> Until it's safe. Yeah. Years you can wait. <laughs> I don't know when that started for me because I feel like. Oh, I think it yeah. starts pretty early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I feel like I used to cry at the movies, but but now I'm like the I refuse. The first movie I ever cried in was Beaches, I and I felt it. terrible about crying. I had to run I to the bathroom to cry, yeah, because I didn't want to. I'd never wanted to cry in front of people because I was like the oldest child, and I always wanted to be like very stoic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Beaches like ripped my fucking heart out. I was the oldest child too, and I was the one. I remember when we went and saw Mighty Joe Young as a family. <laughs> <laughs> my brother got so freaked out that, that he like that ran screaming. Yeah, yeah, it's like the one with like the huge gorilla. Oh gorilla. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I remember the lead female character, Very Hot. I don't remember who it very is. Very Hot. Who mm. was that? Wasn't that, um, oh, I was thinking of, I'm, I was thinking of Meet Joe Black. Never mind. Oh. Uh, that was Joe Claire Forlani. Oh, it was, it was Charlize Theron, wasn't it? Was it Charlize Theron? Yeah. Well, again, we just love people who look like us. Yeah, <laughs> right. seriously. All yeah. I want to do is fuck a mirror, but that's yeah. a long time to figure out. No. Um, but I remember watching that and my brother like running out screaming and crying and me being like, I'm going to sit here and watch it because yeah. I'm an adult. And I was like, I don't know, 10. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that was um, Charlize Theron and the late Bill Paxton was in that one too. Wow. And I love oh. Bill Paxton because he's a big Twister fan. I always Ooh, forget Speaking he's of dead. Root, Helen Hunt and Twister. Oh, yeah. Yes. My God, she always had such good shirts. Oh God, it was the like it was the flannel shirt tied up. around the yeah. waist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hot. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely amazing. Lesbian vibes. Ugh. Totally. Like any scientist, I'm into. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> coats. Yeah. Part of my sexuality yeah. is coats. <laughs> any woman oh, who's an okay. expert. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. Oh, explain you something to me. Yeah. Ooh, a seismologist. Yeah. Hello. Oh. <laughs> wow, a made-up form of science that they made for this volcano movie. <laughs> Please tell me more. Anyway, you like the musical. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Uh, so what happens in it? What's it was the great. lesbian content? So it's about... Um, Is this- it gay prom or... Straight prom. Well, it's a straight prom in in Indiana, and this lesbian wants to bring her girlfriend to prom, 
and uh, they decide to cancel the prom. I, I think this is like a rip from the headlines type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they decide to like cancel that. the prom instead of allowing a gay couple, because they can't just like ban her from going. And then the the whole plot of the thing is like a bunch of Broadway actors who just like had their show canceled and they're getting panned and pe- their people say they're unlikable. So they're like, let's take up a cause. And they re- read this thing where you're like, we're going to make this lesbian go to prom. So they fly to Indiana and like take up this cause and it's like all this lesbian wants is for her and her girlfriend that she's been with for like a year and a half to be able to go to prom together and her girlfriend's mom is like the head of the PTA and the one who's spearheading Mm, all of this and like the one who's spearheading the cancellation the cancellation the villainous mom yeah because she's not out and it's like this uh, the the main uh, gay girl, she like was kicked out of her um, parents' home and like lives with her grandma ever since she came out. And I don't know, she's just like so, so endearing and yeah, like, cool. like just, I, it's just like such a beautiful, simple, like I just want to go to prom like everybody mm-hmm. else. And I it made me think about, I didn't want to go to prom. Yeah. I would have loved for it to get canceled because of some gay kid in my class. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> I, I, right. I, that would have taken a lot of a lot of anxiety off my shoulders. I, I didn't I didn't want to go to to prom, and uh, when like my senior prom was going on, I had a girlfriend, uh, and I couldn't go yeah. with her because yeah. she was like very closeted, and um, and like I don't know, you know how she identifies now, but like I, she would have never gone with me. It like wasn't even a question that mm. she would come with me to prom. So mm-hmm. I had to like go with my like friends boyfriends best friend yeah there's always like who a I tag think, along guy that would yeah. go with me to prom yeah, yeah it was yeah. like the tag along guy and it was like well it makes sense we'll all be in the same limo whatever but then yeah. like he thought that I had a crush on him which I made it like very clear that I didn't uh and then <laughs> he also like I think had a girlfriend and was like on the phone with her the whole time during prom okay. he was like in a corner on the phone it was really weird so I ended up spending all prom dancing with like this very gay guy who didn't know that he was gay uh-huh. and was like I love <laughs> the ladies else did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it took oh me years God. to come gay out gay guys really shined at prom that was like their time to yes. like like little closeted gay boys were like finally and like, yeah. I'm gonna wear a colorful vest yeah <laughs> and a colorful tie <laughs> It was so sad, like, that, though, like, I got ready for prom and was, like, hanging out with my girlfriend, like, secretly beforehand and then had to, like, leave her to go take prom pictures with this dude. Did she also go to prom? Yeah, I don't remember. She went with somebody else, too? Yeah. Oh, I know. That's so hard. Yeah. I know. It's such a bummer. I went with my high school boyfriend who was, like, closeted. I don't know how he identifies now, gay, yeah. queer, but yeah. um yeah, he's also who I lost my virginity to and we had sex while watching I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh my god. Which is wow. a very homophobic film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I just I'm just saying the want... repression runs very deep. Yeah. It's like yeah. very deep. I understand That's... like going home to cry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Wow. God, wow. you really just don't want Adam Sandler anywhere in the room during mm-hmm. that. No. Oh no, I don't think it's Adam's is Adam Sandler. Adam Sa- it's I Chuck and Larry is Adam Sandler. It's Kevin James. Kevin James. Oh, James. I didn't even remember Adam Sandler. Yeah. I just remember yeah. Kevin James because yeah. he was such a trigger to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember watching King of Queens. Honestly, I feel like that's why I got married to a man was because uh-huh. I was like, oh, everybody hates their husband. Yeah. <laughs> 
like, all of watching television. Watching King of Queens, I'm like, all men are trash and all women yeah. are perfect goddesses, but yeah. we put up with them because that's what you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that Married with Children? Married with oh, Children. What a well, every show. Every, every, every show, every, every show with that guy. Sophia Even like Vigara, animated show, like The Simpsons, for God's yeah. sake. Like yeah. Marge really had it together. Marge and Homer was just an absolute loser. Marge. Lois and Peter and yeah. Family Guy, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm. Um, I had a huge crush sucks. on Leah Remini in King of Queens because <laughs> she played Stacey Carosi in Stay by the Bell. Yes. Did she? Yeah, she in did. the summer yeah. episodes. She was in Stay by the Bell. She was in Stay by the Bell. She. In the summer episodes, they went to work at some like resort, like beach resort or something. And her and dad, her owned, dad the owned the resort. Yeah. So her dad was like the boss and he was always yelling at the kids. And she, she was like, in that role. she was Stacy Caro. She was like the hot daughter of the. And she boss was stern. Guy. And like any, like her she and Jesse Spano, yep. like yeah. any serious, like slightly bitchy women, like I was they so They totally, into. I know. I totally yeah, wanted that to read be a is couple. queer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for that always sure. read as queer. Um, oh, mean girls. I know. <laughs> boss me around. Boss me. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I crave structure. (laughs) Daddy, I need structure. (laughs) Daddy, I told you that I need structure. (laughs) She's a seismologist. (laughs) Oh, no, this is going off the rails. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Uh, That's where we belong. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Um, but that's really, that musical sounds really interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it closed on Broadway, so it might be touring. So if it comes to a city near you, uh, I recommend Support. checking it out. Right yeah. on. Support it. Yeah. Uh, they have these shirts that they sell that say, we're all lesbians. And I kind of oh, love Oh, I love that. Yeah. Did you get one? No, I think they were uh, sold were they out of them. Oh. T-shirts. They, yeah, they are. I looked true. it up after. You don't need like a forty-five dollars yeah. shirt. Yeah. You have a podcast. You don't need a shirt. <laughs> yeah, I have an enamel pin that says "diking out." Yeah, it's there fine. You go. That's good enough. My have entire you... persona is just signaling constantly, so mm. I don't really need that. But yeah. Oh, so when I was buying the tickets for the prom, I went to TKTS to get uh, a discount, and I was waiting in line and. I uh, had a moment that made me just like very thankful that I'm gay and that also uh, when I have kids, uh, there'll be two moms mm-hmm. um, and not some dumb, dumb dad. Uh, nothing against dads out there, yeah. but like a lot of you are dummies. And dumb. this guy was with his son. What I was picking up was that he was divorced. His son doesn't live with him. His son's like a 15-year-old teenager. And... Uh, he doesn't get to see him much, but he was in town on business and uh-huh. convinced the mom to let the son come and they're going to go see a musical. Oh God. So I'm like, okay. And he's like trying to sound like he knows like everything about Broadway from his like three visits previously to right. New York. I'm like, this guy's kind of like a dorky dad, harmless, whatever. Across the street, this woman is parking her car and she's getting stuff out of the back seat and bending over oh, and no. is wearing this like tight white dress. And he's like, hey, check her out. Check out the ass on that woman. <gasps> to his 15-year-old oh, son, no. like, in this, like, line that's, like, families, and I'm, like, right there. What and, a douchebag. And he's, like, I caramba. And, like, Ew, who and says I caramba? Did the Simpsons he, remind you of that? Li- yes. Oh, my God. Yes. So, so he literally. I regret building this bridge. <laughs> he literally says I caramba, and then he's, like, 
you're into asses, right? What? And then Ew. he goes, I like big butts and I cannot lie. No. Oh mm. my God. That man is gay. <laughs> I was going to say, what are you compensating for? Did your son find something on your computer and now yeah. you're compensating what? for it? Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like he's compensating for the fact that he's taking his son to see a musical. Yeah. He's like, yeah. definitely not gay. Yeah. Look at the ass on that woman. <laughs> like, what the fuck? It, yeah, I was like, what? That sucks. What are you teaching your son like right you obviously don't spend a lot of time with him and you're like oh i'm gonna objectify him and then spend the rest of the time just like dunking on the mom who's not there and being like that's a good strategy what your mom doesn't understand is and i'm like oh my god like this guy's disgusting i I hope this kid knows that and it's like oh my dad's trash but he's taking me to a play which I is hope fine. so yeah the other dynamic is that the dad's white and the the kid is mixed race yeah and like so it, a white it, man saying I caramba I knew he was white when you said yeah he said, oh, I yeah. Caramba. yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. but also feeling like oh yeah I'm gonna like try to be cool to my son I'm not one of those like square white guys yeah. I'm like a cool... I'm not a square white guy I'm a fucking gross problematic pervert <laughs> yeah right <laughs> rather be that than some kind of square who doesn't say things like that in public no gross no, 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 anyway no. It, it we're was, all very lucky people so mad. yeah <laughs> I'm disgusted by that. Mm-hmm. Um, more things wrong with straight people. Uh, the work wife piece in the New York Times. <gasps> I read that. We all did. Oh my yeah. God. I have so many group texts that just got lit yeah, up. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I had a very long Twitter thread about it. That's the worst writing I've ever read in my life. First of all, exactly. First of all, uh, subject matter aside, that is some. Um, that is, I would atrocious. If writing. I like, I kind of, if anyone out there is like a high school teacher, I want you to tell me exactly what grade level of writing you would assess this as. I'm thinking like ninth grade. Yeah, like, for sure. It was truly, it wouldn't have passed like a senior English I essay. Mean, like, it was, it's the most elementary writing. It's horrible. There's a couple sentences in particular, I've got a few screenshots as well, that are just like so bad that I burst out laughing in multiple parts. Aside from that, the um it it is humiliating for the the husband i feel oh uh, my god not that i'm too worried about him being humiliated but at no. the same time like imagine after all that like re- the best thing about him is that he wouldn't cheat on me yeah yeah, yeah. what no oh, yeah. are you okay also, this woman is gay <laughs> like <laughs> her descriptions of her husband like i'm sorry but the very first sentence of the entire piece my, i just found it is my big yeah wait husband. just before the pizza arrived my big handsome husband went back <laughs> to bed and i'm like okay that's your first description of your husband, big. He's and she big. also calls him enormous at other points. And I'm like, you and your husband have problems. Oh my god! And also, also like, the like pier- his laugh pierced me pierced or whatever me in the best way. Yeah, I'm like, no, oh, this is gross. Gross. This it's is so bad. No. Um, I definitely knew she was white when she said, uh, "My work friends, single women mostly, became a family for each other." And then she said, "A girl tribe." And yeah. I'm like, ooh, yes. don't use that fucking word, please. Stop yeah. saying try. Yep. It's so bad. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately and, signaled. Uh, yeah. Also, all the white. whole like paragraph about this woman's legs. So she's like, and then she would show off her legs, and her legs were there, and I loved her legs, but then yeah. she'd put away her legs, and I'm like, you're gay. Like maybe she was just God. wearing shorts and it was summer. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like she wasn't showing you her legs. The, the intimacy of eating my fries. I, I, I'm with you. I don't think she's gay. I think uh, she, ooh, because I haven't counted so just many so women. Like I think she's so repressed. I think, I mean, maybe she's not straight, but I don't, I really don't think she's like fully gay. I think she, 
as someone who has had multiple sexual encounters or other types of encounters with women who are unhappily with married men or mm. unhappily married, yes. Uh, not that I'm, I'm not proud of this, but anyway, uh, it was a long time ago. Um, honestly, I'm proud of you for this. Thank but you. Go but on. like, I have experienced this so much where, where women sort of fetishize butch presenting like mask yes. of center women yeah. who give them, they give them the aesthetics of men without any of the danger associated with men or any of the like complication or like they they somehow in their minds they play the mental gymnastics where it's not cheating because I'm a woman you know what yeah. I mean mm. um so that's what that's the vibe that I got from this woman was like she works with someone and and maybe maybe this woman that she worked with was sort of giving her a lot of this attention intentionally you know what I mean like well she, who doesn't like attention you know well, and, and she was feeling it out like I I don't know my first girlfriend I ever had, um, I met at my my movie theater job, mm-hmm. and she was everyone was wearing polos. It was bound to happen. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. I was literally just thinking that uniforms. Yeah, polos, pink we and purple uniforms. walls. It was very gay. Lots the smell of, of popcorn. lesbians there. <laughs> Big bathroom. Found Everything soda. about it. Yeah, dark theaters to hide in. Yeah. <laughs> Darkness, ponytails. You got to wear your hair back. Yeah, literal it's food safe. <laughs> literal closets. Literal yeah, closets. closets to hide and make out oh in. God. Yeah. So uh, she was like notorious for doing this thing where she would be like obsessed with like one woman mm-hmm. at a time, give them a lot of attention, and make them feel very special. And that other woman, regardless of their sexuality, because a lot of the times they were straight all of a sudden would like develop this, that this like weird dynamic relationship where they feel like, Oh, I'm the special one. I'm the chosen one for, for this time. And that's kind of like what happened with me. But unfortunately I also turned out to be gay and we started dating. And I think that that, kind of like lost some yeah. of the fun for her yeah well that's mm-hmm. and i think that's like, might, have, might have been what this this is or that's this, what it sounded this like straight woman yeah. is you know kind of flirting and doing all this stuff with this gay woman and maybe the gay woman thinks like oh maybe there's something here and then after a while she realizes no there's nothing there she just wants exactly. the attention she's yeah. with her husband yeah. yes and then she moved on like yes. sorry girl like or she's yeah. completely misinterpreting this woman just being fucking nice to her yeah. as being flirtatious or or uh like wanting more like she like she read so much into all of her like the line where she says like she left her food on her desk and and the lesbian ate, ate her fries, fries and she was a like lesbian ate my fries the sign of intimacy like it was so romantic like girl and i said on twitter i was like partnering with men really has some of you thinking that rudeness is romantic <laughs> right like i cannot with you fucking straight women and assuming yeah. that every single thing that we do is some sort of flirtatious move yeah cuz i was like my whole I've been so conscious of that for so long is like, okay, don't be too polite to this woman or she's going to think you're flirting with her. Like, yeah. please, ugh. like I have to sort of keep some people that I get that vibe from. Cause that vibe is fucking real. And I can sense it a mile away yeah. in straight by curious women yeah. where they will misinterpret even the slightest courtesy from me as some sort of sexual advance or something. So I, that's the vibe that I got from this woman. And also that she's just like, 
and she's like a social worker in the mm-hmm. article she talks about that and then like in Arizona yeah oh, and God I'm like girl do you not have a long list of clients that could really use your help right now but yeah. instead you're spending your work day just fucking free like reading into the fries reading into every tiny movement that your mask presenting co-worker is doing it was just but the most this exhaustive is, but this is kind of why I feel like she has to be queer deep down is so? because she's like reading into all these tiny things like she's blowing up this like yeah. non-relationship into something yeah. so much so that she's like writing an article for the New York Times and that she feels yeah. like betrayed by the end of it uh-huh. she like, scorned the use of the word scorned use the word fucking seduced seduced and scorned anything. no there's no seduction Se- there's no scorning yeah. in here yeah, yeah. and I was just heard the benefit of the doubt of... that she didn't write the title but still yeah. it's like and also it's like in the New York Times modern love thing we so rarely get queer stories yeah. in there and of course the one thing that that the straight Predator editors lesbian. of the New York Times will pass along as a queer, like, okay, now we're going to do a lesbian one, is still centering a straight woman yeah. and her perspective. Yeah. I and making the lesbian sound like a, a predator. Making the, exactly. Yeah. Making, the, making a mask presenting woman come off as a sort of man, a French manly fry-stealing. Kind of yeah. French fry-stealing. Dikey bitch. Yeah. She was scorned by her. I have no, there's no scorned. evidence in there of her no. being scorned. Yeah. No. It sounds no. like she just wanted to have like lunch with somebody else at work and this straight woman just took it like, like fucking way too far and yeah. is now with her big huge husband enormous who, piercing who, husband piercing laugh <laughs> who loves oh ESPN and eating in On restaurants the and TV. Her. I'm like yeah. if I needed any more evidence that you guys don't know what the fuck you're doing you're going to restaurants that have TVs on the wall yeah. for your date night well like, it is Arizona oh, yeah. it is Arizona I will give I think the that. walls are made of TVs I know <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a Best Buy in there yeah <laughs> all kinds of varying sizes of televisions on the same channel with some have a slight delay Oh, oh my god! And she's so like, funny. and all I had to do was talk to him about it. I'm like, this, you are a not yeah. healthy person. The whole thing yeah. at the end was like, well, then I communicated with my husband about how I felt, and things got better. Like, well, no shit. Yeah. You talked to him. Like, yeah. Okay, so this whole thing was for you to get to the point, which was you like the attention that you got from a woman who aesthetically you found pleasing but would never probably date in real life. Mm-hmm. Like you, you sort of, so probably she kind of led this other woman on possibly. That's what I was thinking attention. too when reading it. Yeah. And finally the, the lesbian was like, Oh fuck this. Like this is yeah. not worth my emotional energy anymore. I got some free fries out of this. Yeah. Like I ate her fries, <laughs> you know, it's, and, and is probably just not, I don't know, just not into it or didn't even realize that's what was happening to begin with. I don't know. It's kind of one of those, like I would love to have her perspective on it, but I did imagine this lesbian getting like when the article came out, her group chats were just like blowing up. Like, isn't this that crazy woman you worked with? (laughs) She's like, Oh fuck. And it's a whole thing, but I hope she writes a medium article. Oh my God. Oh my God. God bless medium. (laughs) I swear someone's going to pick it up and fucking Harper Collins or something is going to give her a book deal. I swear to God. You know, it's going to happen. No, 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 no. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. They turned off the comments on it, which I was very upset about. (laughs) (laughs) I really just wanted to like, I don't know, have some fun. Yeah. Some havoc. (laughs) Yeah. The comments on the New York Times articles, I get really mad of what's a New York Times pick because I'm like, what the com- the pick of the comments? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like some of them are flagged as oh, like a I New York Times pick, and it'll be I, I, I'm like other articles, but they'll yeah. pick one that's like, well, we're all ignoring the crimes of Hillary. I'm like, why would you pick that New right. York Times? Why yeah. is this? I don't read the co- like that's yeah. that's that comment section is just a cesspool. It's worse than YouTube. Yeah, the New York Times is bad. 
I know. I canceled my subscription like two years ago because I couldn't deal with it anymore. I couldn't deal with any more like soft focus profiles of Trump voters. I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is is the end. I'm done. I literally had to call them and cancel and I told them why. Um, I had to do that too. And I canceled because they wouldn't use they, them pronouns. And now they will on like very like vehement requests. Apparently, but they're still like, they will not use they, them pronouns regularly. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with this times you're not on it yeah no they're not at all um yeah i i don't know i kind of i read it and i got these sort of like i just got this vibe of like i can feel what the mask woman is feeling in those moments of like having this woman like constantly texting you or sort of demanding this because the 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 whole thing about like engaging with women who are in relationships with men as a woman who looks like me is it's rarely is it like a sexual thing at all. It's not about like flirtation really. It's about emotional energy Mm. that they want from you. What they want is emotional fulfillment that they're not getting at home or from their partner because they won't communicate about it. Yeah. And, uh, the feeling of being attractive and wanted because me telling us, you know, like a straight ish woman, like, Oh, you look great is interpreted differently by her than if it was like a femme presenting woman that said that to her yeah. or a straight woman that said that to her. So it's about emotional energy. And I, and I, to this day, there are women who pop into my text inbox at about 3am who are, <gasps> I know are married and are saying like, and just want attention. Like I still, I fucking still get that from people that I haven't seen in years. And I, it's not, not there's nothing against that. Like I'm not upset at these people at all, but it's a fucking thing. It's a thing to get a message at like 1.30 in the morning as a masked woman from some girl you made out with fucking seven years ago who's <laughs> like, I miss you. It's like, no! girl, can you fucking just talk to your husband? Like, I can't. I'm, yeah. You I miss the idea of me. It's, you do exactly. not miss me, It's the idea me, of me. You don't miss yeah. me. It's fix your problem. There is, yeah. uh, and it's like, and I, and I, of course I care about these people, but I'm, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not here for that for yeah. you. You know, like that's not, I don't exist to be your emotional like I don't exist to step in to give you like an infusion of, of, you know, of, uh, like emotional validation when your partner is not giving you that. That's not why I'm here. Like you have no idea what's going on in my life. you never ask about me. You always just want me to tell you you're beautiful and that's what it is. And I've since stopped responding to people that do that. So, so Tessa, when you were married to a man, did you look for emotional validation? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think I searched for, oh my God. I mean, it's so complicated. Are we going to get into it now? Let's get into it. Or get into it. Well, there was one, I mean, there was one thing that I wanted to bring up before this that was topical. Oh. Is that okay? Yes. yes. Let's if, just pretend that transition that didn't transition happen. That transition didn't happen. Yeah. But there was, have you guys been watching Are You the One? No. No. Oh my God. It's, I know it's like a reality show about, it's like a dating show. So it's of? a it's a dating show that is all, all queer, queer people. people. Yeah. So it's a sexually fluid season of Are You the One? And normally they oh. have like eight men and eight women, and they're all straight, and they have to figure out who it is that like matchmaking experts paired oh. them with. And now there's 16 sexually fluid queer people oh, cool. who have to figure out who it is that these like experts paired them with. 
and it is so much fun to watch. Yeah, it is amazing. I'm honestly learning so much about dating watching this. How do you watch it? uh, It's on on? MTV. On MTV. It's on MTV. I have my ex-husband's dad's login, so you can take that. Oh, Oh, great! (laughs) Please share that. Um, But yeah, it's like truly insane. Just how you see how all these people are drawn to date people within the house that like trigger them emotionally and like lead them in these circles that they have like kind of a lot of the people who are in toxic relationships are like I just feel like I'm replaying things with my ex and I'm like oh hit my head against a wall and then like you find out that the person who their perfect matches is always the person who they're like I have like a great like emotional relationship with them but like I'm maybe not as attracted to them because they don't trigger them in a horrible way but then they like spend more time with them and then they're like actually I think you are my perfect match it is Honestly, Yikes. insane! Wow, it is no, just I reminding watch me. It. It's teaching. I'm like dating a lot right now, and so it's yeah. like teaching me so much about like no, the people who like emotionally trigger you actually probably aren't good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, nah, you shouldn't keep texting them back. Okay, yeah. <laughs> if you feel like emotionally like you're gonna cry or scream every time you talk to somebody maybe you shouldn't be dating them wow yeah Yeah. that makes a lot of sense because I'm in therapy right now and I'm learning all these things yeah yeah (laughs) it's very much you guys know about like attachment theories Uh yeah like secure and anxious and uh what's the other one avoidant yeah yeah Yeah. Um, I know a little bit about that I am reading uh attached to the like book about that right now Mm. and I have to read like one chapter and then put it away because it's like too triggering yeah yeah. Wow, this is too much. This is a lot. This is. I everything. used to consider myself avoidant, but now I think I think I feel like I'm secure now. Mm. But th- I've definitely had like moments and times in my life where avoidant was like the thing for mm. me. Never not anxious. Definitely more when I was younger, but now I'm just. I don't know. Things are better. But once you understand how that works, that then that's one of those theory, those things that you read and you're like, oh, holy shit, this makes perfect fucking sense. Yeah. yeah. And you think about other people you've known or dated throughout your life, and you can kind of pinpoint exactly. What that was, exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, I definitely am more anxious mm-hmm. now, and there are different parts of my life where I've been secure, and different parts of my life where I feel like I've been avoidant too. Yeah. So it's yeah. very interesting to read and be like, oh, that's exactly how yeah. I <laughs> You've always been secure. I think I've always been a secure What's attachment. Like? Just, <laughs> what the fuck is that like? Well, like, yeah, serial monogamous, like, yeah. you know, jumping into relationships with with both feet. But um, the yeah, the thing about cycles and like being attracted and uh, like not even realizing that those things are being triggered like toxic patterns from the past and the relationships you you seek and um my my wife thankfully doesn't uh fit in with any of those patterns so Mm. I feel like I've broken out of it but then it's also things where sometimes I get like uncomfortable because she's so nice and supportive yeah and then that gives me anxiety I'm like oh, why okay. are you, why are you so supportive yeah mm-hmm. of me right now or like what like this like, is what's w- going on here yeah you're so nice what's, to me what's your game? and you treat me so well what's going on <laughs> like I'm used to not not feeling yeah, this way yeah. so like yeah trying to yeah you know. hey there it's Rachel Ballinger and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. 
I feel like after I came out is when I became anxious. Yeah. 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 Did you come out while you were married? I or like was, what was out. Your... Well, okay. So my story basically is that like when, so I got married right after college mm-hmm. and I got married for like, because of a green card. Well, of course. Right? Yeah. Like I needed to stay in the country and oh, it so was, this was in the U.S. Mm-hmm, this okay. was in the U.S. So I went to college in New York, and I met my ex-husband there. And when I first met him, I was I hated him, but that was like very normal for men that I dated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like meet, like literally. I mean, it took me so long to come out to myself. Yeah, that it was like in college, I did not. I like kind of knew that I was bisexual. Yeah, and like I would like hook up with girls sometimes when I was drunk and be like, "Wow, this is amazing," and then be like, "Oh no, you can't do that though. That's not gonna work." Yeah, mm-hmm. and then when I was in college, I spent a lot of time like sleeping around with men, and I. I would literally go to parties and ask my friends, like, who do you think is attractive here? Because I, I couldn't pinpoint who was hot. Right. I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, none of these people look like Leonardo DiCaprio at age 18. Yeah. So I don't like any of them. Right. Yeah. Who is okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I feel like when I was younger, I like my first attractions for towards women were like when I was a kid even. And I specifically remember being like, nope, can't do that. Push that down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like being attracted to a girl who like wore a vest in my tap dancing class <laughs> yep. and being like, mm, I don't like Fiona. I just want to be like her, which is a yeah. oh, crock yeah. of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I also like liked boys though, which I found very confusing. And so I was like, oh, do that one. That one's good. That, that, that'll be fine. Um, and then when I was older, like in college, I had my first like experience, like basically, I mean, I hate to use this. I don't, I think that if she heard this, it would probably be like, whoa, but I feel like I like fell in love with a woman that mm-hmm. I was in a show with. And I was like so obsessed with her and like thought about her all the time and like really wanted to date her. And then she wanted to date my guy friend Mm. after we had like hooked up and like I thought we were going to start dating and like all of this stuff. And I was like finally kind of feeling like I was ready to come out to people and date a woman. And then she rejected me. And when I was in that phase is when my ex-husband kept on like actively pursuing me. And when I was younger, I feel like I just really liked when people pursued me because I was so confused about my own sexuality and what it was that I wanted that I was like, well, you seem like you really like me. So maybe this will work out. And we were only together for like nine months, not even a year before we got married, which is insane. Which is a very lesbian thing to do. I was going to say, in a a, (laughs) hetero pairing, that's insane. In a hetero pairing, it's nuts. In lesbian pairing, that's my marriage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. Now I would do that. But yeah. yeah. (laughs) Now I would do that. I would force everyone in my life to tell me that it's healthy. Yeah, exactly. But then I was like, oh, no, definitely. I mean, honestly, we got married because I was so concerned about my green card. And I was like, well, I definitely, I I will not survive if I go home. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. if I go back and live where my family lives, I just felt like I was going to die. And, like, emotionally, I would become so depressed that something bad would happen. And so I was like, all right, I have to stay here. I have to figure this out. And I was going to actually get married to my friend um, so that I could stay in the country. And then my ex convinced me to get married to him. And at the time, like I legitimately felt like, oh yeah, like I'm in love with you. Mm-hmm. 
this definitely makes sense. Yeah. And then as soon as we got married, I was like, oh my God, no. Yeah. Like I just, as soon as. You're like, as soon as these papers clear. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, it was more like experiencing. Well, everything changed. Like as soon as we got married, like I felt like when we were getting married, I I felt like I made it like pretty clear that I was like, I'm not sure. Like I really love you and care about you. Maybe we can look at this as like an engagement. Yeah. (laughs) And then we can like talk about actually getting married later, but we're going to get like married at city hall now. Yeah. Which is something a lot of couples do who need a green card. Like they'll get married early, get a green card. And then like two years later, they'll have an actual like the wedding wedding and and proposal and and everything. It's it's just a logistical sort of agreement, you know, like a marriage license is just, it's really just a piece of paper. Exactly. If you treat it that way. But but, he's if, but both like, people have to be on the same page with that. It was oh yeah exactly, and I thought that he was, and then as soon as we got married, he like would only introduce me to people as his wife, Ooh, like things like yeah. that, and it was it was so overwhelming for me. I did felt, you have any friends who were like, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. or or did they all think like, "Well, we want her to stay here"? Yeah, so yeah. I think a lot of them now that like afterwards have come to me and been like, I was like thinking, what are you doing? But I didn't feel like I could say anything. Yeah, you um, can. Yeah. I don't know. Well, in that kind of situation, the green card thing does present like, it's like, it's such a, it's such a practical need. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, you got to get that, you know, yeah. like, that's the only and, way to do it. And like at really. the time, I really did think that I was in love with him. Yeah. So I was sure. like, oh yeah, this will definitely be the best plan. Yeah. And then basically as soon as we got married, it was just like, I mean, all of these different emotions around like gender, sexuality, like my ideas about what it is that I want to do with my life. Like all of these things just came like crushing, mm-hmm. like crashing into me and like crushing me. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want to be a wife. I don't want to be married to this man. I'm not even, I mean, I realized like pretty soon after I was like, I'm not even attracted to him. Like, Mm -hmm. did he want kids with you? Uh, you know, we didn't really talk about it a ton, but he definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, it was really, really hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so basically what happened is that as soon as we got married, pretty much he got into graduate school at Yale in like New Haven. Yeah. And so he had to move out there and really wanted me to move with him. And I was like, no, I'm going to stay here. And so he moved away and I continued to like spend time with him up there, but like not that often. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I really got into like the queer performance scene mm-hmm. yeah. in like the Brooklyn drag scene okay. and kind of started being like, this is like where I feel at home. I had been like out to a lot of my friends as bisexual. Like I even told my husband that I was bisexual. Yeah. And he was kind of like, hot, great, fine. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as I started spending time in like actual queer spaces, I was like, oh no, this is like my whole identity. No, this is not, like I don't want to be in a relationship with a man. Um, And so I started to kind of have those feelings and feel like extremely depressed and be like, oh my God, what have I done with my life? Also, it feels from the outside of the queer community when you are like have presented as straight for so long I'm like a femme presenting person Mm -hmm. even still it feels like an insurmountable task almost to come out and be like accepted by Mm -hmm. the community like I had a a friend's like ex who would like talk about lesbianism as though it was like there are lesbians and there are straight people and there's nothing in between and I'm like oh well I've like had sex with men before that I enjoyed so I definitely can't be 
queer. Like I can't be gay. Yeah. And so, and that now I realize is like so untrue. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And like, there are so many different reasons why I thought that I was straight. And a lot of it has to do with like our misunderstandings around sexuality and misunderstandings around like, even like gender presentation. Mm -hmm. Like I was always attracted to like masculinity and now I'm like, Oh, that's like your attraction to butch women. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. that's actually not what, cause you never, I was always attracted to men when we were like kids. And then as soon as we got older, I was like, what the fuck's with these guys? <laughs> what well, you all got beards. What the yeah, hell's yeah. going on? <laughs> and I was, it was very confusing yeah, for me. Yeah. I was like, why don't you all look like Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Yeah. Still, I'm very yeah. upset. <laughs> um, and so it was very, it was really, really overwhelming. And like, I eventually like came out again to him basically. And like, was like, I really want to have relationships with women. And at the time, because we were living separately, he was like, okay, well, we can be in an open relationship. And I was like, absolutely great. And at the time, <laughs> I was already like pursuing this woman who oh, okay. was working near me at a bar. Uh -huh. And I like made a whole feminist book club just yes. so we could hang out. Oh my God. Oh my, uh, yeah, this is not the it. gayest thing you've ever heard. I made a feminist Literally book club, right? Heard. Just yeah. so I could seduce a woman. That yeah. sounds like something I would have club. done. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Right? <laughs> and then the day after I convinced him to be in an open relationship, I had like the big feminist book club get together. <laughs> and I ended up having a threesome with the woman that I was like obsessed with and just another random woman. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because I was like... Because they had hooked up before and I had found out about that and was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I think that she, I mean, she basically like brought this other girl into it and was like, I really want to sleep with all of you. And I was kind of like, whatever. Yeah. To get to you, I yeah. don't care. Um, and then I thought, and then he found out I like told him later that week and he was like He's so like, shocked. Is that the day after we had that conversation? <laughs> yes. He was like betrayed and upset and was like basically like you're a lesbian and I was like I think probably. Yeah. And then it took a while but like a few we like that was probably in like November and we had already planned to go home for Christmas to his family in Ireland. So I did that whole trip with him and then when we came back we stopped the relationship. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was really, it was really like sad and hard, but also don't feel badly for him. He like, after I that don't. happened, he just continuously <laughs> yeah. like crossed all of my boundaries. Oh, like, no. yeah. So like after you like getting divorced when you have like immigration paperwork involved is not you have easy. To wait. You have to wait. Yeah. So we had to wait and he would kind of use that to like mm -hmm. get me like to spend leverage. time with him. Yeah. 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 And like by the time we were getting divorced, he like convinced me to allow him to divorce me because of some like masculinity thing. And I was kind of like, whatever, I don't care. I'm wearing big shirts now. I don't give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> and, and he like, can't, he comes to the like fucking plate. We go to this like restaurant near city hall and he's supposed to bring all this paperwork that I like essentially filled out for him. Yeah. Um, so that we could have like a no contest divorce. Mm -hmm. He shows up and he hasn't filled out any of it. None of it is done. And he's just like, you know, I mean, do you really want this? Like, I really think that like now that I'm done grad school, maybe we can like work this out. And I just screamed at him in this ramen restaurant. I was like, do you understand what it's like to come out later in life? And then to have like, I can't actually have a relationship with a woman right now because I'm married to you. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that's like? Like continuing to go on dates with people and like kind of feeling the air being sucked out of the room when they're like, oh, you're still married? Mm -hmm. Even though we yeah. haven't been together for like at that point 
almost two years. So it was like it, I I flipped out. Yeah, and I would too. Yeah. yeah, and also during a lot of the relationship, he had had like debt that was like. I ended up uh, with the IRS that they continuously took yeah. out of my paychecks. Yeah. I also paid for a lot of our life together, even though his family is much wealthier than mine. Yeah. And so it was like this, he's just like a man child who like wanted somebody to look after him and was like, oh, but I wanted you to look after me. Like, can we try to figure this out again? Yeah. And I'm like, what do you not get about, I used to imagine you as a woman when we were having sex. Yeah. Like, what do you not understand? What do you not get about, I imagined you as Helen Hunt and Twister? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Would he like try to... um like engage sexually with you after you kind of established like, yeah, I'm not yeah. interested in having sex with you. Mm, you know, I think he would try to engage romantically with me more okay. than sexually. I yeah. think he like knew he didn't want to be, he, he, you know, he's one of those like artsy guys who's like, well, I don't want to push anyone's boundaries. I'm a male feminist. And I'm mm. like, Oh, that's funny. You think that you're a male feminist when you continuously push my boundaries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he literally told me that when we were getting divorced after we filed the paperwork, he said, Thank you for making me into the feminist that I am today. And I said, don't oh, tell people that. No, never. <laughs> like, don't that tell again. people that, yeah, babe. That's like that the the nice guy thing. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. so bad. I hate yeah. the nice guy thing. Yeah, it that's was terrible. It was horrific. Yeah. So yeah, that happened, wow. and it was like I went through a long period of time of just like working on myself and like being in intensive therapy and like going on antidepressants and like trying to figure out what my emotional life is even like um, now that I was like coming to terms like with myself a little bit more. And I kind of feel like that time really helped me to become more emotionally well because, mm -hmm. you know, like when you're repressing like a whole side of yourself, it's like all of a sudden everything starts to make sense. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like all of a sudden your entire life, you just see it as like a big movie and you're like, oh, that's what was happening. Yeah. But you know who uh, actually, I really relate to the story of, um, I don't know if you, you know this, but the, the person who started auto straddle Reese, mm -hmm. her whole coming out story is kind of similar, but she wasn't married, but she talks about like having relationships with men and like being in love with them or like enjoying sex, but then also feeling like there was something missing there in mm -hmm. like your entire life and just feeling like, oh my God, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And then as soon as you come out, you're like, oh, that's what was wrong. Yeah. Like everything. There was just like a wall between yeah. me and like life where I felt like everybody could enjoy life and was so like happy and like normal. And I felt like I was the crazy person. I was the person who couldn't actually enjoy what other people enjoyed. And yeah. it felt like yep. so scary. Yeah, that's relatable. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was like, well, maybe this is just what my life is like and like contributed to my depression. You yeah. know what I mean? Of feeling like alienated from everyone, which I continue to feel. Yeah. <laughs> it does not fix, yeah. but it helps, you know. It definitely helps. Uh, I don't talk about it too much on the podcast, but Cecilia, uh, my wife, used to be married to a man back in Peru, and it was a guy she'd been with for a while, and she hadn't been with women because she didn't realize that she could be, right? Yeah, so, exactly. That's yeah, how I felt. Look, yeah. Even now, she's constantly like, I can't believe nobody just pulled me aside and said you're gay, yeah. like when, when she was younger, and... So she was, uh, they got married because she wanted to go to grad school in Canada where uh, she was a citizen from some time she spent there as a kid. And uh, he wouldn't have been able to go 
with her. Unless they were married. Unless they were married. So she was like, well, we've been together for this many years. Like, let's get married and then we'll Mm -hmm. go to Canada together. And she went to Canada uh, after they got married and then he never came. Oh, (gasps) wow. Yeah. Why did he not go? He just didn't. I I think he was scared of having to start a new life in, yeah. in another country. Wow. So he never came. Well, and then she was like, well, I guess I'm divorcing you. Yeah. And then, you know, even though it was like a shitty and like very painful thing for her at the time. But then, you know, that freed her up when she got divorced to realize like that she actually wasn't really yeah, yeah. into men. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't what she wanted. And. Yeah, you know, it's a thing. But it's a total thing. Yeah. I mean, when I came out to my little brother, I remember he just said he was like, Yeah, I thought like everybody knew that. And I was like, What do you mean? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Why didn't you tell right, me? Right. What about moi? <laughs> Nobody said that to me. But my parents don't feel that way at all. They're like so surprised by it. Kind really? Of. Yeah. yeah. I think probably because I like had boyfriends, but most of the I mean, honestly, I had boyfriends in high school because of an incident where, like, the first time... Man, I can't believe we're getting into this. The first time that I ever had, like, any kind of sexual experience, a man, like, groped me at... Who was, like, 10 years older than me Ugh. on, like, a camping trip and, like, assaulted me, yeah. and I punched him. Good. <laughs> and my best friend at the time, like, it was her stepbrother's friend, and so she was very upset because she yeah. wanted to have a relationship with him, and I remember her yelling at me and being like you're such a freeze. Like, I don't know why you won't just like hook up with men because already at that point in time, I was 14 and most of my friends had already had sex at like 13. Oh my God. And she was like, I don't know why you won't hook up with men. You're probably a lesbian or something. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. Gotta get a boyfriend now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean something. Gotta stop wearing these Nirvana shirts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I got a hot Yeah, like I always yeah. felt a little bit of pressure to sort of like, I always had these like faux crushes on boys. Like yeah. these mm-hmm. sort of, perform. they were performative, I would say crushes on boys like oh I like him but I would only like boys that like I thought realistically I could get if I wanted to mm-hmm. there yep. was like the tall dumpy like the Joey Fatones of my <laughs> of Same my class and all thing. my friends were going after the Justin Timberlakes but yeah. I was like mm, I'm a realist yeah and but like never any sort of like boys didn't like me like it wasn't there were, but that was just sort of performatively me sort of like kind of paying my dues to like stay in the club you know like mm-hmm. of like oh oh yeah I like this boy yeah oh he's cute you know like same exact thing for me yeah I was always pretending and, and I had a friend who I remember in the seventh grade uh because I was one of the only ones in the group who hadn't made out with a boy yet and mm-hmm. I had had like a sixth grade boyfriend or whatever mm-hmm. but we and we like maybe kissed on the mouth once but never made out with anybody and she was like uh, Carolyn, if you don't make out with anyone soon, you're going to be a lesbian. And I was like, oh, yeah. no. Uh, oh, I just no. want them to know that. Weaponize, <laughs> girls weaponize that term to each other as yeah. kids, for so sure. Like, I that was, was on the a worst mission. thing you could be called. Yeah. yeah. I was on Now every a teen mission. is like, I'm queer. And yeah. if you're not, you're a loser. <laughs> oh, my God. I have this dream of remaking Never Been Kissed, the, oh my the Drew God. Barrymore movie. Yeah. But as a woman who goes back to high school and she gets to be gay. Yes. Uh, that's my dream. All the high school kids are gay now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, like doing drugs queer. and like yeah I'm juuling and yeah. I'm like I if I had had that in high school I would have been immediately like yeah definitely me too yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugh, I wish but instead it was like oh no I can't be seen as this lesbian so it was more like a like a video game for me I was mm. like I need to find like unlock the code to get the to get the makeouts and yeah be able was, to do it this was sort of like uh it was like it was kind of like that like a video yeah. game was like 
like getting my little coins and Mario, you yeah. know, Super well, Mario Brothers. Well, it's like the, the social validation of it. Is. It is, yeah. yeah. No. It was social capital that you were sort yes. of like clinging on to at that age. Which then my first time making out with a boy was like disgusting because one, it was a man and I have no idea how old he was. And I think I was like 17 and had a yeah. fake ID and went to this club with my friends and just like some guy on the dance floor who was like Ugh. had his hands like... Gross. In all the inappropriate places, yeah. like on the dance floor, and I was like, "Well, I guess he wants to make out with me." Yeah, yeah. Here I go, man, uh, whose age I cannot <laughs> discern. Can never like, tell. And then years yeah. later, you're standing behind him and his son at the line at the TKTS booth. Yeah. Right? Oh my god. <laughs> no, this guy Caramba. wasn't white. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I definitely had relationships with men that I enjoyed and that, like, I legitimately was in love with, and like that I think are that I like. Uh, it's very hard for me a lot of the time to like decipher what my sexuality is like best explained as because right now I feel like I'm queer and I identified with the words dyke and lesbian mm. and all these things because I don't want to have any relationships with cis men anymore because yeah. I've realized that it doesn't actually like uh, a the like sexual component of it is like very tenuous for me like I have to have a really emotional relationship mm. with them for for sex to be fun and great mm-hmm. and I feel like that's why I tried to have a lot of like casual sex when I was younger was because I with men because I was like well can I I need to crack this code mm. I don't enjoy this I need but everybody else does I need to figure this out mm. and then I feel like yeah that my relationships with men that I've had that I have enjoyed it's been like completely emotional in a lot of ways. Yeah. And now I just feel like, no, like my identity and like, they'll never, I don't know. My therapist said to me a few years ago, she was like, I just think that you can't date anyone who's not queer also. Right. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah, absolutely that might be right. true. Yeah, definitely. I could see that. Actually, she said that to me like when I was married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. It was probably like four or five years Therapists ago. always just cut through the bullshit, don't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and how has your family reacted to all of this. You know, they were so upset when I was getting a divorce. I think did they did they form an attachment to your mm-hmm. ex-husband? They definitely did. And I really uh. think they formed an attachment to the idea of me being married. Yeah. Because my life is so different than theirs. Like they there's no never been anybody in my family besides like one cousin who's had any sort of career in the mm-hmm. arts. Most of the people in my family are longshoremen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, we don't get that. We don't understand that but they love it they're like very proud of me and all of these things but um it's definitely like my life is very different than theirs mm-hmm. and they also could I think kind of feel that I was like moving in like queer circles like before I even got divorced yeah so I feel like they were kind of like what's going on what is this yeah and then as soon as I did get divorced like it was very hard on them they've I think that for them, being married is like a sense of security. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then to not have that anymore, they're well, like, well, what is our daughter doing? Our parents' is just yeah. very much like, that's, okay, now you're good. Yeah. You know, like, and they see that they that marriage means something very different to them than it, than mm-hmm. it does for us. And so. probably they felt like they could relate. They're like, oh, this is something relatable exactly. about this person. My mom Finally. said that to yeah. me, yeah. too. My mom said that to me when I was getting a divorce. She was upset, and she was like, you know, it's hard for me because, like, you being married was one of the things that I could relate to you on. Yeah. And we, you know, and I, I understand that for her. I like yeah. really, I don't like blame her for that at all, but it was very hard for me to hear that. Yeah. I was totally. very like, it very much felt like, okay, now I'm like abandoning everything that I've ever known. And I'm like very much alone. Yeah. 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 It was right. hard. 
And was there anything else about the topic you want to talk about? I think just being, I mean, I, I, there was something that I wanted to relate to you on about this. Yeah. Is just the idea of being a divorcee. Yes. Like I've had so many people say to me like, oh, like I, reclaiming that for myself because my marriage isn't really something that I want to share a lot of the time. Yeah. Or I didn't for a while. And now I feel very open about it. And I feel like talking about it like in my life and in my art. But it's uh, definitely really fun for me to like reclaim the word divorcee and be like, yeah, I'm a young, hot divorcee. Yeah. Whatever. This is me. Yeah. I was in a marriage that I did want to to be in. And it, the divorce at the time was hard, but obviously like in retrospect and, you know, shortly after it was over, I was like, oh my God, this is so much better and being a comedian being able to laugh at it Mm -hmm. and because when at first when you're going through it's just like it's such a stigmatized thing um also did you have a big wedding or no no? you just went to we went to city hall and we had friends over at our like apartment okay yeah so we did have people over and like we took pictures and all that shit yeah but we didn't have a huge wedding now i had so much shame around the fact that I had a very nice wedding Mm. and was like, they're going to just remember that day as a lie, (laughs) you know? And, and my ex-wife said, you know, it's okay that we had a great wedding. Like, yeah, this isn't working, but that doesn't mean that our wedding wasn't awesome. And it was, and you know, who cares? Get over it. And I was like, okay, you're right. Like I shouldn't let all these do that all the time. Yeah. Straight people get married for no reason all the time. Yeah. And they have big weddings because they know it's not going to work out. Yeah. So (laughs) my mom said that to me once, like the bigger the wedding, the more likely they're going to get divorced. And I think it's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I also get surprised when I see straight people having like big second weddings. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, never A- after the first one, like, uh, Cecilia and I eloped and we had like this beautiful elopement and it was the best thing ever. And I'm obsessed with it, but, um, I couldn't imagine having like another big wedding the second time around. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you shouldn't care what people think, but also the judgment in the room would be overwhelming. Yeah. 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 Right. And be like, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we've been through this before. Yeah. And know that people are comparing the first wedding to the second one. I'm like, no, I don't want anything to, to even, do with that. Even though I didn't have a big wedding, I still kind of feel like I wouldn't have a big wedding. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would definitely go and get eloped if I ever do get married again. Well, I know a great place. Uh, <laughs> in the desert of New Mexico. Wow. It's lovely. Uh, yeah. And anybody who's listening and like wants a big second wedding do it do I mean, it do for whatever queer you people want. you should yeah. do it for sure for queer people yes but say fuck you yeah. you're gonna come here eat from the same buffet <laughs> i don't give a shit like do do whatever you want do what makes you happy is the most important thing okay now it's time for our listener question is it acceptable within the LGBT community to be aeroflex? I recently found this term of feeling some sort of romantic attraction, but it varies a lot. Uh, so this is, uh, you know, pulled from the bigger context of the question. Um, this listener was nice enough to put the definition of aeroflex in here because I had never heard of it. Me neither. I've never heard of it. So say the definition again. It's that you're... So the definition is uh, a romantic orientation on the aromantic spectrum and is defined as someone whose romantic orientation fluctuates but always stays on the aerospectrum. Uh, 
example, one day you're demi-row, the next you're lith-row, the next day arrow, etc. So just to be clear, this person who wrote in uh, seems to already identify as queer. So I guess they're just asking if it's okay to be queer and aeroflux. And I will say yes. I mean, because I don't... Can we go over what those terms mean quickly? The yes. demi-row and all that, an arrow. It's, it's on the asexual spectrum, correct? No. No? Okay. So asexual has to do with sex, but aromantic is like the opposite of asexual. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't have a need for forming a romantic kind of connection with somebody Mm -hmm. that you're perfectly happy not being in a relationship. Um, But you enjoy sex? But you can enjoy sex. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's like we, we have these definitions to kind of describe, I guess, how we engage with people and those can uh, change and evolve over time or they can be, you know, very set. There are some people that realize very quickly that they're asexual and that's something that they need to make clear when they're dating and engaging with people. Um, and all of those things exist both in the queer and the straight community. Mm -hmm. So I don't see why that wouldn't be okay within the context of being LGBTQ. Oh, for sure. But I mean, I think the specific question is asking whether or not your identity can fluctuate. And I think that absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, a term like Aeroflux makes a lot more sense because it, yeah, things change. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that the I think that it's absolutely fine. I think you just need to be very communicative with people. Yeah. If you have like an alternative idea about what type of relationship you would like, I think that you need to be very clear with people about what kind of relationship you'd like just in general, even if you're not aromantic or asexual. Yeah. And and if it changes, you know, I'm not, because I'm not uh, aromantic, I don't know if it changes depending on the person or depending on kind of like where you are um, in between relationships or how you relate to people and how you engage with people. So, um, yeah. And you know, the key to all this stuff is just communicating, but it it is different or not different. It's interesting how a lot of these terms and kind of like micro terms Mm -hmm. within the terms that people are really looking for to find these labels that fit exactly what they're describing, which I actually kind of personally think we don't need. Yeah, or, well, or I, I just hope that we, on this. yeah, I mean, I feel very much as somebody whose label has changed so many times, I think it's so important to have labels, but to kind of have a sense of humor about them in a way Yeah, where it's like, I feel very comfortable using a lot of different terms um, because I feel as though these terms describe me, but also I don't uh, see them as like finite definitions. Yeah. Like for example, the word dyke, I think that that word has like moved and changed so much. Oh yeah. The word queer, like these are words that used to be used as slurs. So like, why can't they mean exactly what I want them to mean to me? Exactly. Yeah. But I want to go back to the terms. There was demi row. And what was the other one? Light row? Lith. Lith Lith row. Lith row. What does lith row mean? Because I'm assuming demi row is maybe you're like partially, uh, romantic, Just partially e- every, not. O- every other day. Every other day. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Let me see what, what Lith... Like John Lithgow? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Lithrow? You only have romantic feelings for, for John, John Lithgow. Lithgow. Honestly, more power to you. 
Um, it describes romantic attraction without the desire for reciprocation. Okay. So it's, um, and the experience may include feeling romantic attraction that fades upon being reciprocated. Well, that sounds like a lot of people I know. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, this person, I, I don't want to make judgments, but they sound kind of avoidant. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that yeah. all these terms are useful, but I think also that, you know, you just have to be very clear with people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting that, you know, it, we want to move to a space where labels aren't that important, where we're not being boxed in by labels and dichotomies and things like that. Um, and yet, meanwhile, we're creating even more, more, more labels more. than ever uh, so that we can find something that feels like it relates more to us because so many words can mean so many different things. And it's honestly, you know, just whatever works for you. Yeah. See, I love these micro labels, but I just think that you should never um, skip over a conversation because of a label, if that makes sense. Like yeah. a label doesn't fully describe what you're looking for in a relationship or like your sexual history ever. Yeah. So I kind of dislike when people use them for shorthand as like, this is the end of the conversation or whatever. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. what? What yeah. do you mean? Yeah. I want to hear more about this. Right, right. Because there's a lot of nuance within that. And yeah. And it differs, again, from person to person, how we use these labels. What one person's asexual experience is very different from another person's um so hopefully that helps but mm -hmm. yeah it's, a, it's all good it's all good is the the summary uh aromantic sounds like my type but <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding i hope it's not no it is sometimes though god i have problems with dating <laughs> nothing to do with anything in my past yeah it doesn't sound like it doesn't at sound all. like it at all yeah no. nothing mm -hmm. we talked about on this episode would lead me to believe that, that it's all related for me. No, yeah. not at all. No. Where can people find you on social media? Um, my Instagram and Twitter right now is at Tessa Scara. That's a Scara with a K. Okay. Yeah. And do you have anything coming up that you'd like to plug? Any shows? Yeah. So I have a monthly show called High Notes that I'm bringing back. Yay! Uh, that I was not doing over the summer just to take a little break. Sure. Um, but we're going to be doing a show on August 31st um, at a backyard in Williamsburg that will be a private kind of uh, DMing situation probably. Actually, I think I'm probably going to be able to post the address. But okay. it's going to be lit. We have like... A lot of uh, comedians, a lot of like queer comedians, a band uh, who plays with me and I sang stuff. Um, Amazing. And there's going to be like drinks, probably food. I also make weed edibles that are for sale at the party always. Nice. High notes, you know, you got to be able to. Uh, also, my yeah. literal parents will be there. So wow. it'll be fun for everyone. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Your ex-husband won't be there. My ex-husband will not be there, although he does live in New York again, and I'm very scared of running into him at an audition because he is an actor. Oh, no. Yeah. I have this, like, recurring dream where we're, like, paired together to, like, read for a part or something. And That's he, like, going to happen. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it will. And it will be bad. 
Uh-huh. I actually ran oh. into his uh, friend the other day who I haven't seen, in, his like best friend who I hadn't seen in like five years. And he was like, Tessa, like I follow you on Instagram and I watch all your stories. And I was like, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, it looks like comedy's going so well. And I literally said, yeah, I'm super successful. <laughs> <laughs> so now we got to make that a reality. <laughs> like... It is. You're going to be on high maintenance. Yeah. Check out that episode. Yeah. Uh, it, season, it's a pretty yeah. good part, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. great part. I actually, it's my first queer character. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I'm very happy about that. That's so yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we'll be sure to watch for that. And you can follow us uh, at Diking Out on everything. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Diking Out if you want to get merch and uh, extra episodes that we have and sometimes we'll throw up uh, some of the conversations we have uh, that don't make the podcast with our guests so you can catch that there and also uh, come to our Stonewall show uh, follow me on Instagram at everygaysusan also at TGI Carolyn I'm at the Sarah York and thank you for diking out dike out with us again next week bye, bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.